welcome back to episode two of the MFFL podcast here. Uh, I'm Frankie Lipple here along with Mitch Farnsworth. How about you introduce yourself here, Mitch? Um, uh, well, man, what a podcast. We're already in podcast two. Um, I'm Mitch Farnsworth, of course. Uh, if you uh, liked our podcast, our first podcast, definitely you know, tag along to this one. Maybe you'll uh, find some other things you like about us. Maybe we'll continue this on. But, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what a week we had, Frankie. Uh, what a week yeah. in sports. Yeah, it was pretty crazy week here. Um, we're not sure yet if, we're, if we want to do one or two podcasts a week. We're just feeling it out right now, but uh, we'll see how things go. But um, what a crazy week, man! It, it was, it was. Uh, uh, man, uh, the Masters. We have basketball. We have hockey. We have uh, all Indians. We have all this talk about. Yeah, but specifically today, we're going to be talking about the Masters. Um, we're going to be talking about the Cavs and playoff predictions along with our awards um, for the season and what who we think uh, should win. And uh, we're going to finish off with the uh, And then we got a new ending here, um, takedown of the week with Mitch. So stay tuned for the end of that. Uh, but right now we're going to hop into Mitch's weekly rundown. So uh, here you go, Mitch. Uh, absolutely. Uh, um, this could be a new uh, segment we kind of do to give you, you know, a uh, rundown of what happened in the past week. So uh, tonight, obviously, we had the final night of the NBA season. Uh, as we saw, the Minnesota Timberwolves, if you did not see, defeated the Denver Nuggets uh, 112-106 in overtime, led by Carl Anthony Towns with 26 points, 14 rebounds. They clinched a spot in the NF- NBA playoffs, ending a 13-year drought. Cavs were in action also tonight. Uh, they fall to the Knicks 110-98. Uh, they have found our seat. We have uh, the seating has been mostly filled right now. So we're going to be a four seed after all the uh, seatings have been done. We'll play the number five seed Pacers starting Saturday or Sunday. Uh, we will that will be later determined. The uh, season r- series between those two were three and one in favor of the Pacers, but we have not played the Pacers since we had the new team. Uh, first night of the NHL playoffs on tonight, the Penguins crushed the Flyers seven to zero last uh, tonight. Sidney Crosby with that trick. Jets also get a uh, win tonight in Game One versus the Wild, three to two. And Golden Knights also playing right now again, lead the Kings after one period, one zero. In the Masters over the weekend, Patrick Reed shoots a 71 on the final day to hold off Jordan Spieth and Ricky Fowler to win the Masters and clinch his first major. Uh, the Indians tonight also take down the Tigers 5-1, to making the series 3-0 versus the Tigers. Uh, they will go for the sweep tomorrow. Um, the Indians, uh, they also took two out of the three from Kansas City over the past weekend, too, also. Uh, a little NFL also starting tomorrow will be only two weeks until the NFL draft will begin. So uh, definitely there's your rundown of the week. All right, perfect. All right, you mentioned the Masters here, but let's uh, let's kick it off here. Um, Patrick Reed, not popular, not most liked, but he captures his first major. What, what impressed you most with uh, the Patrick Reed performance? Uh, absolutely was spectacular. Um, I definitely did not think uh, Patrick Reed had that in him to uh, definitely hold off, you know, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth. Uh, I, this was kind of out of uh, nowhere. Yeah, definitely I saw um, – you know, shoots that 71, uh, had these beautiful shots. He, he played his own game. No one really 
I think uh, Rory had him yesterday. He was kind of uh, saying to uh, Patrick Reed on Saturday, going to Sunday, he had an interview on Saturday, said it's up to him and everything like that to put, you know, the pressure on Reed. But definitely, you know, uh, went out there, shot his own game. It was it was a beautiful, you know, four days for him. It, it was absolutely perfect. Yeah, I saw a quote. Um, I can't remember who said it, but it said uh, Ricky Fowler won the weekend, but the whole tournament, Patrick Reed won it. So I was uh, really impressed with Patrick Reed, minus 15 to win it. His Sunday performance, I mean, it was pretty average. I mean, he was only minus one, only shot a 71, but at, he made the putts when he needed to. His approach game was beautiful, probably the best of the weekend that I saw. Um, but uh, let's get your take on uh, Ricky Fowler here. Once again, out-dueled, and he cannot capture his first major yet. Um, yeah, I, I'm, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, definitely for Ricky, you know, being uh, up there in age, you know, he's still in his prime, only 29 years old right now. Uh, yeah, shoots 70, 72, 65, 67. Um, I, I definitely think uh, the starting with the 72, you know, on uh, third Friday round definitely didn't help him at all, but definitely closed out that tournament really well, 65 and 67 on the last two days. Uh, I, I think he, Patrick Reed, just on that uh, the round two and three, uh, he kind of put himself in a league of his own there. So, you know, hold himself through that uh, f- uh, fourth round with even shooting a 71. Um, uh, yeah, Ricky, I I've, I I feel for the man. You know, he definitely should have won. Well, not should have, but, you know, should is always contending, but he never can really right. grasp at ma- that final or that first major victory. But I, I definitely see him winning a major here in the next few years, or, or at least maybe even this year. But uh, definitely, definitely a heartbreaker for him. Right. If you listen to episode one, uh, we talked about the Masters briefly, and uh, I said watch out for Fowler and Spieth, and they finished two and three, but Reed held them all off. Um, Spieth shot a minus eight, uh, almost broke the course record if he made the last birdie on 18, but he shot a 64. Mm-hmm. He come back out of nowhere to almost win the Masters. What was your take on uh, Spieth Sunday? Oh man, um, one one of the best performances I've seen at the Masters in a day. Shooting a sixty four, um, that that's just quality golf right there. He absolutely was off the tee, perfect. Uh, off his putting was amazing. Absolutely was a complete effort on on uh, on Sunday. It was, it, I, I it was you can't really put into words. You know, almost getting that course record. Um, Eight, eight birdies in a day that or I believe maybe even nine I'm not even sure um but still what, what a round that that's just an unbelievable round right I just want to touch on here briefly Tiger Woods uh he had nine to one odds to to win the master and he finished with the plus one uh his only good day was um it was Sunday he finished, finished fine uh minus three on Sunday but Overall, fairly disappointing um, for Tiger Woods, high for 32nd. Um, I was expecting a lot out of him. What were you expecting from him? I, I definitely expected a little more from Tiger. Um, obviously, you know, being a Masters champion before and playing the course um, many times. I, I still, you know, this is – he's only getting back into the sport. He's not, you know, as 
back then in the Masters, he was playing it almost every year, but now he's getting himself back into the main uh, majors here. But, you know, definitely a bad start to the weekend. Uh, definitely even a better ending. I thought he he ended really well shooting a 69 for the last uh, the last round there. Um, yeah, I would say a little disappointing, but definitely at the end there, um, a little glimpse of light there at the end, uh, signs of Tiger maybe coming back. But yeah, uh, I would say a little disappointing definitely would be my input on that. Right. So uh, let's segue from um, from golfing here into the... actually, actually, uh, Frankie, I want to do one more thing. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, going a little off the topic. Uh, did you see uh, Tony Fanu's uh, um, ankle at all? Oh, I did not. No. Uh, he uh, so he was at the par three tournament on I believe Wednesday. I'm not sure. I think it was Wednesday afternoon where he I believe sunk a putt on a par three. I think it was a hole in one in the par three tournament. Uh, he starts running down the fairway, and uh, it looks like as he runs. He kind of is, uh, he rolls his ankle like totally to the side. And you see him there just sitting there and, you know, pain. And I believe I saw him, you know, he went to his ankle and he knew it was popped out of place. So he popped it back in laying there, which is uh, unbelievable. And then he goes to play these four days of, um, four days of golf and ties for 10th. That's an unbelievable feat. I saw pictures of it. Um, uh, yesterday or the day before, and it is bruised. Oh, almost his whole foot is purple and red. It's it, it's all bruised. Well, I that is hats off performance to even you know go out there, finish the four days, and even finish in the top ten. That that that, that I just want to throw that in real quick. Uh, that that was definitely um inspirational. Definitely, uh, Tony Fanu. Definitely, I want to shout out there. I don't want to forget that. But yeah, it was my last thing on the Masters. Yep. All right, here, folks. Uh, 2018 Masters is all wrapped up. Congrats to Patrick Reed. Now let's segue here into uh, the NBA. Uh, final night of the regular season action has been complete. All the seeds have been locked up. Uh, let's start with the Eastern Conference here. The one seed Toronto Raptors will have home court against the Washington Wizards. The number four seed Cleveland Cavaliers will uh, defend their home against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers tonight absolutely demolished the Milwaukee Bucks and they will face uh, the Miami Heat. Uh, Boston Celtics will take on um, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's the 2-7 matchup. Now let's go to the West here. Uh, we have the Houston Rockets, who uh, are going to be taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves, who just clinched the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. We have the Portland Trail Blazers taking on the New Orleans Pelicans. The Utah Jazz who thought they would get the three C going in the year after losing Gordon Hayward, but they are the three C taking on the Oklahoma City Thunder and the two C Golden State Warriors taking on the number seven San Antonio Spurs. So looking for the playoffs here, Mitch, what's your most intriguing matchup? Any upsets you got here? Um, I, I really am uh, interested in maybe that jazz Thunder series. Um, I, I think Russell Westbrook, you know, going against um, Rudy Gobert and everybody on the Thunder going against the Jazz. I think I find that very interesting. Um, I, I also kind of like um, – I like the Trailblazers versus the Pelicans. I, I do like that one also. Those are my two intriguing ones from the Western Conference that I see. 
Yeah, I think my picks probably here. I'm kind of liking both two seven, the twos and the seven matchups. Um, with the um, if the Nuggets beat the Timberwolves, the Nuggets would have been moved up to the seven spot. But since the Minnesota Timberwolves won, um, that pushed the Spurs back to seven. So if Kawhi comes out of nowhere and says he's gonna play. I mean, I think the Warriors could be here on upset alert, especially with no Seth in the first round. What are your thoughts on that one? Um, yeah, if Kawhi does come back, that would be definitely make it a little more interesting. Um, I, I don't know, maybe about the chemistry, having to deal with uh, him just throwing back on the court, you know, working with right. those guys. That that could be a big thing that uh, I, I could see, you know, not playing most of the year, uh, Kawhi not playing most of the year and trying to fit back into – uh, the system, I, I maybe, you know, maybe we see something crazy, you know, we're not sure about Steph on the other side. We saw the Warriors, how they played against the Jazz uh, the other night. Yeah, um, abolished. Yeah, not not a, not a great night to see them again without Steph. You know, they get blown out by 40. Uh, so definitely, we, we never know. Uh, definitely uh, never can tell about these um, these NBA playoffs. But we, we could see something crazy. We're not sure yet. Yeah. Also, we touched on Eastern Conference in the um, in the first podcast here, but we'll briefly go over it. Toronto, Washington. I like Toronto. Cleveland, Indiana. I like Cleveland. Philadelphia, Miami. I like Philadelphia and Boston, Milwaukee. I like Boston. What are your um, first round winners? Uh, I I definitely like the Raptors taking down the Wizards. There. Um, I'm gonna go with the upset. I, I think Milwaukee will uh, take a down Boston. Wow. I think Boston is just too depleted there. Um, In how many games? I, I would say five or six. I am really don't have that much confidence in this Boston team without, you know, a true leader Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving. And the Bucks are, you know, coming with Giannis. And I, I don't know if they really have anything that can combat uh, Giannis at all or that scoring and, you know, the triple threat of assists rebounds and he can do all these different things i don't know if they can come combat that with anything right i'm Uh, with you they the boston's really gonna have to rely on their rookies um jason tatum's gonna have to really step up also jalen brown or they got all these young players we're gonna have to see how they perform but i think uh brad stevens will just out coach the interim uh milwaukee coach and uh i like boston probably six Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That, that's the first one we kind of differ on. Um, uh, that's that. That's my kind of upset that I'm gonna take with uh, yeah. the Bucks over Boston. And what uh, are this, your, the next one uh, was um, in Miami? Uh, yeah, the Sixers Miami. Uh, Sixers are unbelievably hot. Uh, sixteen wins in a row. Just destroyed the Bucks tonight. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the 76ers definitely with the hot streak they're on right now. I, I, you can't really deny it. Um, then the last, obviously, I'm probably going to go with the Cavs over the Pacers. I, I know that the season series is at 3-1 in favor of the Pacers, but the Pacers have never seen, you know, the, Pacer have, the Pacers haven't played the Cavs since the trade deadline. So this is a new yeah. look that the Pacers haven't even seen. So. Uh, that might catch them off guard. I, I think that's not going to, you know, they have Le- Cavs have LeBron, obviously. So they can obviously study for him, but, you know, they have never seen this rotation and all they are, are going to go off of is film. So I'm 
Yeah, I think the Cavs have enough. You know, they have LeBron to definitely take over the Pacers. I I, I love the story of Victor Oladipo coming uh, coming back. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see the Cavs taking that probably five or six. I, I'm leaning toward five. Uh, r- real quick series. Yeah, I'm gonna have to lean with you on that one. Cavs and probably maybe sweep, but uh, maybe five or six at the most. Let's touch on the Western Conference here. We have Houston, Minnesota. I'd probably take Houston in five. I'll give Minnesota one at home. Now, Portland and New Orleans is probably the most intriguing, maybe. I mean, every other series is intriguing in the West. If um, the Pelicans had DeMarcus Cousins, I'd probably choose them. But the backcourt tandem of Port uh, for Portland uh, with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum will be too much to handle for New Orleans. I'll probably take Portland in six. Utah Jazz and Oklahoma City Thunder. I really want to take OKC, but they've probably been the most disappointing team in the NBA all year. But they do have all that star power, so that's probably my best series. I'll probably take OKC in seven. And like we touched on a little little earlier, Golden State and San Antonio. If Kawhi comes back out of nowhere, I'd actually take the Spurs. But as of right now, I'd take KD and uh, Golden State in probably six. What are your thoughts here in the Western Conference? Uh, I'm I'm with you on mo- all of them. Uh, I, I, Rockets just I, I think they sweep the Timberwolves. I, I think the Rockets are just they're an unbelievable great team. Like I, I don't think the Timberwolves they Timberwolves just had to fight their way in and beat the a very game Nuggets tonight in overtime. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a sweep. Real quick on Houston, they did lose. Um... Luke Mbamute, he did uh he did pull his shoulder or something, popped his shoulder out of place. So he'll yeah, be, yeah, he'll yeah. Roll. I saw that last but, night. He was against the Lakers, uh, uh, popped his shoulder out, going up for a dunk. I, I definitely saw that. All right, yeah, I definitely saw that last night. Um, in that game, I think that affects them more if he can't play in the other rounds. But I mean, he's just a role player. But he's probably one of their best role players. But in the first round, they should easily overcome his loss. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think so. You know, they have hot shooters. They have Harden. They have uh, Capella. They have Chris Paul. Def- uh, after what I saw from Chris Paul, looks unbelievable last night. Yeah. Just with the ball, driven it like Allen Iverson like, out there. It was an absolutely beautiful display of, by him last night uh, against the Lakers. So, uh, yeah. Um, I uh, then I'm going into the Warriors and the Spurs. Yeah, I don't see anything from the Spurs that can you know combat this the, this Warriors team. Uh, th- this might go six just because without Steph in there. Um, yeah, but I, I don't think it will go any more than six. I, I think the Spurs will probably go home. You know, they are 33 and eight this year, so they'll probably they'll take one or two maybe, but yeah, I don't see them beating the Warriors at all. Uh, so that's really no threat. Um, yeah, I, I'm definitely looking at all the high seeds advancing from the, uh, the Western conference jazz I see would take, I, I think they would definitely take down the thunder, uh, thunder probably they're okay at home. They're a 27, 14 at home. And they've just came off a three game winning streak going into the playoffs here. Uh, still, the Jazz are a great team. That Rudy Gobert is having an unbelievable year. They're just come off a huge win over the Warriors. So that's definitely a big uh, 
confidence uh, confidence boost for them to go into the playoffs, knowing they have that big blowout win over the Warriors. And then, yeah, that and then we're going in this Trailblazers Pelicans game or uh, series. Um, Pelicans are just coming off five wins going into the playoffs to clinch their spot. They were uh, the iffy team to make the playoffs here, uh, but definitely get a five seed. Um, I, and probably not the best draw with the Trailblazers, but definitely still going to be a fun series. Uh, Trailblazers are coming in on a four-game losing streak. Uh, I don't think that's really going to hinder them. This series probably will go six. I, I still take the Trailblazers. Okay, second-round matchups here. Um, I, I would have Toronto versus Cleveland and uh, Philadelphia versus Boston. I'd take Cleveland in probably five or six. Um, and then I'd probably take Philadelphia in about six. And we touched on this in podcast one. So what are your thoughts on the East real quick? Uh, yeah, we we uh, did talk about this, and I did say um, I would take the Cavaliers in uh, six here against. Um, I'm sorry, who, who would they play? I'm sorry, uh, Toronto. Uh, Toronto. Yeah, I, I, as we see in the last few years, like I touched on last week on the podcast, uh, Toronto. You know, they go missing in the playoffs. Obviously, they probably are going to go through the first round and get the uh, the win in five, probably going through. Um, yeah, I, I would take the Cavs six over Toronto. Um, and then, then I would have Milwaukee yeah. against the, uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. I would have Milwaukee versus Philly. That would be a great series. I would, I would love to watch that series. Simmons versus, uh, Giannis again. Um, I still, I'm going to go with the hot hand. I'm going to go with the, the Sixers, you know, um, definitely a great team. Uh, the Bucks, I didn't think they would. They're going to probably be a little off guard because they really haven't made it this far. You know, now they're running into a very hot team at the right time. So I would take Philly over there. So uh, yeah, Philly and Cleveland, I would have it in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we both had that matchup, and I think we both would take Cleveland about five or six. Is that correct? I, I'd say six, even seven. Uh, the way I've seen this Philly team play, I, this definitely could go seven. I, I'm, I'm not denying that this is a young team that's on a 16 game winning streak going into the playoffs uh i, I definitely could see that series going seven yeah uh, but you would take cleveland though I, I would take cleveland you know with the experience lebron also with there I, I would take the experience over the young uh sixers team okay let's transition back to the west here we i would have houston versus portland i would still take houston in probably six and then okc versus golden state hot take alert i'm thinking okc in seven what about you um yeah i would take the rockets uh and winning that first series uh against portland i i would say uh man that that would be a good series to see you know going hard in against the two shooters such as uh cj mccollum and dame lillard there uh definitely a fun series um i'd still i would take the rockets um in that series then i i believe i would take the warriors uh i would have to take the warriors over the jazz in my, yeah. my bracket um still too much shooting on the warriors even though the jazz are yeah just defeated them by 40 on the Warriors home floor. Still, if they, they, if they get by that time, I believe Steph would, would probably be back. 
So I, I would definitely take the Warriors over the Jazz. So I, I see the one and the two seed coming out of uh, the West, play for the Western Conference Finals. And then if you had to make the pick, who would you pick to, to face the Cavs in the Finals? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Rockets. Uh, the, that team is... It, I, I, that team is ready to win a championship. They are all the parts around them. They got a great bench. They've got a starting five that can rotate beautifully with the ball. Um, 65 wins. You don't just get 65 wins out of nothing. Uh, they protect home court. Uh, last 10 of the season, it went eight and two. They're coming in with a little of a hot streak. Um, yeah, uh, I, even though they kind of didn't show it, and that even with the loss of uh, Amute last night, I would definitely uh, take the Rockets in the finals against the Cavs. Okay, I would. Mine would be Houston versus OKC, and I take Houston. And then um, my NBA Finals matchup would be the Houston Rockets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. And if you had to take a winner, Mitch, who would be your 2018 NBA champion? Uh I, I'm. This hurts to even say, but I'm. I'm going to take the Rockets. Um, that that's just a great team. Like I was just saying, uh, that's how many games do you think? Oh man, I, I think LeBron would push it to six or seven. That that could I could see that series going seven. Um, but that Rockets team, uh, I think they've got. Yeah. I think they've got what they need to win this NBA title. If they can get around the Warriors, or if the Warriors are not a hundred percent. Uh, this is the Rockets to take. This is this is their time to definitely win the title this year. See, I'm kind of on the fence here as well. I, I really want to take the Cavs, but everything's pushing for Houston. Um, we'd have to see how Chris Paul would play. He's never even made it to a conference finals, let alone in NBA finals. So we'd have to see what Chris Paul shows up. James Harden, we would need the MVP James Harden. I mean, we know what he did last year against the Spurs, a complete no-show when they lost in six to the Spurs last year. I, I'm going to do it. I'm taking the Cavs to win the championship this year. I think this would be the, the dream matchup if they somehow ran into Houston. I think the experience of LeBron with the new, younger players, I think he'd, he'd lead them. I think it would go, like you said, six or seven, but I would take LeBron over a, a series against Houston. Wow. Bold, bold move there, bold move. Yeah, I just really like the Cavs team going into the playoffs if they can uh, somehow make it out of the East and, and run into Houston. I, I think they could steal one or two at, at uh, on the road, I mean. And that's what you need to do, win one or two on the road and protect home court, and you'd win the championship, and I think they would do that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I'm that's what I'm saying. As the Cavs fan inside me, I'm hoping that you're right and we can – we can run into the Rockets, but still, I just think this Rockets team is, they're destined to win this championship this year with all the yeah. power in the shooting, Clint Capella, James Harden, all, almost all five guys on the floor can shoot threes and at a high rate and make them at a high rate. So definitely I would take the Rockets. I, I would have to take the Rockets and unless I see something from the Cavs in the next two weeks here, that can show that they are, you know, they're capable of taking on great teams. And, you know, I haven't really seen anything in the last, you know, two or three weeks to show that they have the capability of beating those teams, those big teams. But uh, we can definitely hope, definitely hope. Right, let's transition into um, the awards. The awards are coming around for the for the NBA. And uh, we have MVP. Uh, rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player of the Year, Coach of the Year, and Sixth Man of the Year. I'll give a quick list of mine, and then we can just debate. I have for MVP, Most Valuable Player, I have James Harden for 2018. 
Rookie of the Year, I have Ben Simmons. Defensive Player of the Year, I have Rudy Gobert. Most Improved Player of the Year is Victor Oladipo. Coach of the Year is Quinn Snyder. And Sixth Man of the Year is Eric Gordon. What are yours, Mitch? Uh, so, I kind of did it a little differently. Um, I, I, in my mind, I, if I had a choice of picking, I'm probably taking LeBron as my MVP. Uh, but since, you know, the, I've seen in the MVP race that it is mostly depicted on, you know, your record and it's like your, your performance on overall during the season. And it just pretty much goes by record that I've seen. So it's obviously, I think it's going to be hard and just because of the 65 and 16 record, um, right. still LeBron, what a season, you know, at 15, his 15th year might've just been his best year of basketball. Uh, rookie of the year, uh, I would be with you with Ben Simmons. Uh, it's definitely, I, I keep on saying definitely. Um, <laughs> uh, Simmons, 16 points average, seven rebounds, seven assists, uh, all over the board. Great, yep. great player. I, I would give him a hats off to Donovan Mitchell, who's going to probably be a close second, but people are right, not going to say that. By the touch on, there was controversy here. Is Ben is Ben Simmons a rookie? Is he or is he not? But according to the NBA, uh, by rule, he is a rookie, so therefore he will win. He will win Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, like they say, Simmons is not really their first option uh, when when they're shooting the ball. Uh, Donovan Mitchell is. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell averages eighteen point two points, but um, they're probably going to go with Ben Simmons for the overall game of uh, the assists, the rebounds, the points. I, I think that's where they're going to go to. Um, uh, defensive player of the year. Like, I'm going to agree with you. Rudy Gobert, uh, you know, 2.4 blocks a game. Uh, absolute monster on defense. Even missed 26 games this year and still yeah. is uh, uh, unbelievable. He's still going to win defensive player of the year, even missing 26 games. Um, it, it, and I saw the stat. He challenges about 15 shots a game. Uh, I, I couldn't. I, I, that's mind-numbing to think that this man in one game or uh, averages a game 15 shots he challenges. That that's yeah. that was a stunning. So that definitely a defensive player of the year. Also, I'm going to agree, uh, most improved player, Victor Oladipo, uh, leading the Pacers to a five seed. Um, uh, going to play the uh, Cavs first round like we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Averaged from uh, 15.9 points per game over at OKC last year. Jumps up to 23.1 points per game. Uh, Jumps from 2.6 assists to Mm 4.3 assists. Uh, Steals almost jumps up a whole one. Uh, Pretty much he gains a whole another steal this year. Uh, Definitely a great season for him. Most improved player movement. That's definitely a great uh, – spot for him to have his own team and run by that because OKC kind of was falling in between the cracks there. So definitely a good job from, or a good job for the Pacers to, you know, go to him, you know, be the one, uh, the guy to go to. So I definitely improved most improved player of the year goes to Victor Oladipo. Uh, Then we have coach the year. I have uh, Dwayne Casey uh, for the, Toronto Raptors. Um, I, I'm going to go with that because that's most likely what's going to be, you know, 59 and 23 this year. Uh, dominated at home, uh, 34 and 7 at home, protect the home. 
court. I, he's just a great coach. You know, the, mostly the coaches of the year just depend on wins, but I, I know um, they didn't have the most wins this year in the uh, NBA, but I, I'm definitely going to go with Dwayne Casey as coach of the year. Um, I, I'm going to go Brad Stevens. I, I'm going to take Brad Stevens second. Um, really? I, yeah, I, I think – Still, you know, coaching a young team and put, uh, coaching them to 55 to 27, unfortunate losing Kyrie and uh, Gordon Hayward even to start the season. He probably would have been coach of the year. So, uh, if those two would have played, I would definitely put him as coach of the year. But, yeah, I'm going to go to Wayne Casey as uh, coach of the year. And then your sixth man of the year? Uh, Lou Williams. I'm, I'm going to give uh, Lou Williams 22.6 points per game. Uh, five assists, uh, a great player, um, uh, absolutely great player. That, that's all I can really say. Uh, Eric Gordon, I would say, would be second. See, the, I think the, the easiest one to pick here is uh, most improved player of the year. I think Victor Oladipo should be unanimous. I think everyone can agree on that. But every other award this year is pretty debatable. See, I have um, Coach of the Year, I have Quinn Snyder. And I pick Quinn Snyder because when he, uh, the Jazz lost – um, Gordon Hayward is, and then losing, like you said, Rudy Gobert for 26 games. I mean, that's a lot to overcome. He was relying on Donovan Mitchell a lot and other role players. And I think he did a, a great job because I think if you look back on their offseason last year, you, you wouldn't even have them in the playoffs, let alone all the way up to a three seed they led them to. So what were your thoughts on how the Jazz did? Uh Absolutely great year for the Jazz, even though they lost um, Rudy Gobert for those 26 games. Uh, Donovan Mitchell came out and uh, took over that team when he was most needed. You know, 18.2 points per game. Um, just an absolute a monster when he needed to be. He's that number one option now when they need him. Uh, now they got Rudy Gobert back, which is – Amazing just for that team to get all the parts together. So that's why I was so uh, intrigued by that first round series uh, against the uh, Pelicans. So uh, that's why I kind of took the Jazz in the uh, first round. So that that's an, a beautiful set team for this playoffs because now they have all those points because they can add Donovan Mitchell with Rudy Gobert together. So they're mashing, uh, mashing at the right time because they got six wins going into this so definitely got the momentum on their side also I, I you had Lou Williams I had Eric Gordon I think Eric Gordon is the best player best role player in the league on the best team so therefore it should go to Eric Gordon and then also we differed on, well no we agreed on um, MVP right you had James Harden winning yes yeah I had James Harden and then um, so that's all of our um, awards for the year James Harden, Ben Simmons, Rudy Gobert, Victor Oladipo, Quinn Snyder, and Eric Gordon for me, and then go over yours one final time. Uh, mine was MVP was James Harden. Rookie of the year is going to be Ben Simmons for me. De- Defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Most improved player, Victor Oladipo. Coach of the year, Dwayne uh, Casey. And then my sixth man of the year is Lou Williams. Finally, for the uh, NBA here, since we're both cast in here, let's let's touch on what the Cavs need to do. We, we over our predictions, we went over um, what, what we kind of need to do. But what do the Cavs need to do to win an NBA championship, Mitch? What do you need to see in them? What do they need to progress in? 
along in the playoffs to really show that they can win the championship. Uh, what I need to see is, um, man, I, I haven't seen that spark, you know. I, I've seen the team have fun like this and there, like they're in – that that's it, but I haven't really seen them enjoy themselves recently. You know, they're they're kind of like I feel like they're uh, uh, just walking their way in. They're not running to go to the playoffs. They're kind of easing their way into it. Um, so I, I definitely need to see that fire and that passion that we have. I, I see that on a few players, but I, some of these players just. I don't see the passion in there that they want to win this. I know, I know these guys are young, uh, but I, I definitely need to see more passion. And, you know, I, I see Larry Nance going out for uh, rebounds. I need that passion of uh, that Larry Nance going for that rebound. I need, I, I need that passion of uh, Jordan Clarkson shooting that three. And then he's running down the court, you know, uh, holding down the fingers, the three fingers. I, I, I need yeah. to see that. I, I want to see that. That that gets me and that gets everyone on the bench and the whole fan base re- ready to go for the playoffs. And they want to see that. Uh, I, I, that's what I wanted to see from the Cavs, to see them be more energized and ready to go out there and, you know, just just play ball. That, that, that's what I want to see uh, that can get me motivated to – just feel in passion that they can win a championship. I I, I, I want to see that. That's the one thing I wanted to see. Yeah, my thing going into the Cavs is they need to – Tyler needs to know what rotations he's going to put in, but they will have that all figured out. They'll get everyone healthy by Saturday or Sunday, whatever day it is. And I think defensively they need to just hold down their end. I mean, they can score with anybody, but defensively they're going to have to um, – come alive. I know since the trades went down, they've been top 10 in uh, defense, and that, that's going to have to um, stay up there if they want to compete for uh, a championship here. So uh, what are your uh, final thoughts here on the NBA uh, going into the playoffs? And overall, how was the regular season for you? Was it entertaining? Was it dull? What was your 2018 uh, regular season? I, I thought it was a little entertaining, uh, you know, having, you know, um, you know, the we got to see Kyrie now with Boston. We got to see Gordon Hayward in Boston. We got to see all these new superstars, Isaiah in Cleveland. We got to see all this, these great players moving around. And then we had, you know, kind of the norm. We had the Rockets kept everybody. The Warriors kept everybody. The Jazz lost Gordon Hayward. But still, now that we see them in the three seed uh, in the West, we got to see a lot of variety. We got to see new players in new places. What, what that's what I would I like to see. Um, we got we got new teams that are gonna yeah, that are on the rise. The Seventy Sixers. We got to see that young team now. We get to see those future teams. The Milwaukee. We get to see these new teams coming in to the playoffs and see what they can do with all this young talent. It definitely was fun for me. Um, I, I thought it was definitely entertaining that the last game of the season between the uh, Nuggets in Minnesota, how that worked out that that last game was for a playoff spot. I believe that was the first time since 1988 that the last, uh, the last game of the season determined a playoff spot. So that was fun to see, you know, see a little history also there. So uh, that, that was a little fun tonight to see all the uh, scenarios work out. So that, that was kind of my final thoughts on the NBA this year. 
my final thoughts here is like when you got these young rookies like Donovan Mitchell and uh, Ben Simmons battling out for rookie of the year, a little trash talk. That that's how you know the NBA is in good hands. When you got these younger players who are hungry and they want to compete and they want to win these awards, and it's not they're just competing for the awards. They're they're both three seats in their respective uh, conferences. They're both they're both going to be falling out in the playoffs. I think the NBA is in a great shape here. Overall, I'll see Chris Paul on the on the Rockets now, and that turned out to be um, wonderful. Everyone didn't know if they could both have the ball. Uh, and see, there's only one ball on the court, and, and they're both ball dominant players. So seeing that worked out, 65 wins uh, leading the NBA. Also, a lot of injuries this year, um, more than more than many. Uh, Demarcus Cousins was injured. A lot of these All Star players were hurt, and that really put a damper on some of the team's hopes. But overall, the the NBA here for me was was relatively entertaining more than last year because last year we all knew KD and the Warriors if they stayed healthy they were going to win and that was just a cakewalk and they they proved uh, they were the, easily the best team. But in these playoffs, I mean, I don't know who's going to win it all. There's a lot of different scenarios. Teams are injured, so their hopes could dwindle, and these younger teams, like you said, are on the rise, so they're they might be uh, spirited to win a couple series here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's go go to the Indians here now. We're going to be uh, – lately they've been winning. I mean, tonight, uh, Carlos Carrasco, another brilliant performance. What was your thoughts on tonight's game? Uh, I, I got to see most of the uh, uh, the game of the beginning and uh, the Zimmerman get, taking the uh, oh, yeah, baseball really- off the bat from uh, – Kip, that's definitely a scary scene there. Um, luckily, he uh, walked off on his own power, so that was good to see. So uh, definitely um, a great showing by Car- uh, Carrasco tonight. I believe it was only three hits he gave up tonight. Only one uh, one home run tonight. With the uh, That's the only really mistake I saw him throw tonight. You know, kept the runners off the bases. Uh, another shutout performance by the Indians uh, pitching. Uh, it, this is a, a great rotation that I'm seeing. Um, the bats finally came alive tonight. I, I was so glad to see the bats actually show up tonight. Having those 10 hits, the big fourth inning, getting those four runs, get him the run support early, you know, well, kind of in the middle of the game to get a cookie that, easy uh, run through the last few innings there until we kind of called in the bullpen. Uh, so that was, that was fun to see that this 10 hits. We finally, we finally had over, I think five hits for a game uh, in, for almost two weeks or a week. Now we finally have over five hits. So that, that was great to see. Yeah, for real. Uh, the Indians were the last team in all of the big leagues to get a double digit hit game. And it finally came tonight. They got 10 hits here. Uh, Carrasco with the complete game uh, winner, 3-3-0 on the year. The bullpen gets an extra day off. He only gave up the three, the three hits, like you said. But um, winners of, was it, four in a row. Um, going for the sweep tomorrow. I'll be there again. Second game of the year, I'll be there. Uh, Tomlin will be pitching. Or not Tomlin, I'm sorry. Uh, Bauer will be pitching. So uh, what are your thoughts for tomorrow? Uh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm uh... ready. I want to see what Bauer's got. I know uh, he's he's been doing well at the beginning of the season here. 
I, I'm I'm ready. I, I think we can definitely sweep tomorrow uh, with uh, Bauer on the hill. Uh, you know, that kind of – I know it kind of sounds bad that we uh, uh, we're kind of talking about Zimmerman getting hit, you know, taking – Taking him out, you know, that's definitely uh, a strategic. I can't strategically helped the Brown, uh, the Indians a little bit since they had to go through to the bullpen so early for the Tigers. So they had to kind of use their arms there in the uh, uh, to, to uh, finish out that game. The last time we saw uh, the Trevor Bauer, the eight strong innings, uh, still it was that zero one loss, I believe, on Saturday night. Uh, struck out seven. Only gave up one run on three hits, but that was the only one. Uh, that was the only run scored, so he kind of took the uh, loss there on Saturday. Uh, I, I definitely think um, we can get the win as a sweep tomorrow. Uh, Trevor Bauer on the hill uh, against. I think it's Michael Fulmer tomorrow. Correct? Yeah, correct. Okay, so we'll see him tomorrow. Uh, one start against the Indians last season. Uh, two earned runs on seven hits over six innings. Uh, and they, he won that one. So um, it should be interesting to see tomorrow uh, with Trevor Bauer. Um, yeah, uh, it should be a fun game to watch tomorrow. You brought up the, uh, the Saturday game with Trevor Bauer pitching. And um, I said on podcast one, Ian Kennedy is garbage. I, <laughs> I, I need to uh, rebut that one. Ian Kennedy threw um, – he only threw six innings, but he uh, threw had eight strikeouts. And he completely dominated the Indians here. Um, he said he was a great pitcher, and I was like, "Dude, you have to, you have to take that back." And you know what? He shut me up. Uh, he outdueled Trevor Bauer. Um, him in the bullpen shut us down in that game. We lost one nothing. But apologies, Ian Kennedy. I, I tell you, man. I, I told you, a great pitcher. I, I told you he. Uh... He played a great game, you know. Those he just dazzled there, uh, and on Saturday, he uh, got that one run from uh, Duda's home run, and that was that. Uh, that kind of helped him out there, and that's all he needed to get that win. Right, like that game was one nothing here. Let's transition to the, the Indians' offense. Finally, tonight they break through ten hits with the five runs. So, uh, do you think it's just the cold weather? Or you think once it warms up, they'll um, the bats will break through? I mean, the the Indians have been struggling mightily here. Uh, I think they're – let me check right here real quick. They are 27th in, out of 30 teams in offense. I mean, that, that, that's going to have to go up for sure, you would think. Uh, I think it might be a little bit of the cold weather, you know. that That's a little bit. And please, Mother Nature, let us just have baseball again. You know, we don't want this 40 to 30-degree weather anymore. We don't want a chance of snow anymore. We're up here. We don't have a dome or anything like that. We just want the warm weather so we can go out and wear actually shorts and, you know, right. a T-shirt. And we're not wearing parkas and like giant hats to uh, keep ourselves warm. We're, we're ready for the warm weather. Baseball is supposed to bring spring in the summer, and we haven't got any of that. And I feel like that might be a little bit of, uh, on the players, that, that cold weather in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, I'm – I would love to see that we had those 10 hits tonight. Uh, definitely woke up the bats. Uh, that That's what I really wanted to see tonight. Um, you know, taking on that bullpen, the, uh, the uh, with the Zimmerman injury going down, I wanted to see how many, you know, if we can get our bats going against that bullpen, which I proudly said, we finally got the hitting going. 
I, I, it just depends on tomorrow if we can keep on rolling. Uh, the one thing I saw was I believe there was only one player, one player uh, that was over, I believe, two, 200. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, Rajay Davis, correct? Yeah. Since the last time you mentioned that, said more players have gotten hits. But at that point, yeah, Rajay Davis, a role player, was leading the team in average. But um, since the series with Detroit, all, all those players have moved up now. Uh, and then the, the pitching. Uh, once again, Carlos Carrasco shuts him down. Corey Kluber had the, the shutout. And there were always, will always be top 10 in, in pitching with our amazing bullpen. Uh, ESPN doesn't have the game in tonight, but we're seventh in pitching right now. Shutouts and saves and whatnot, we're getting uh, – we have one of the best pitching staffs in all of baseball. So what, what have your thoughts been so far on this year? Uh, great pitching. Uh, Kluber was great a few nights ago. 13 Ks, uh, beautiful. Bauer, the new pitching, uh, that new, um, the new attitude. Cookie's been great. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just been great pitching so far for the through the first two weeks that I I've seen. All right, let's go to the final ending here, Mitch. New segment here, takedown of the week with Mitch. Mitch, who are you taking down this week? Uh, I'm gonna go. We didn't really talk about this at all. I'm gonna go Tristan Thompson. You want to go over? Uh, what you're taking them down about uh i so everybody is known if you uh are not living under a rock um you know with the new thing uh with him cheating on chloe kardashian and everything like that i i just i I feel it's so terrible that this has happened right now you know with the Cavs going into the playoffs we are in the play going into the playoffs on saturday and sunday and we have this distraction now that we have to deal with tristan thompson sitting on the bench and this is what we have to deal with because now that's going to be on our back and everybody's like well where's tristan where that's going to be the big story that everybody's going to talk about and that could cause those we have a lot of young players on this team that are trying to or are playing in their first playoffs that are trying to keep focused for their first playoffs but no now we have Tristan Thompson's luggage that we have to carry around even though his his luggage is holding 81 million dollars of wasted money that we're giving him so that he can he could sit on the bench and you know cheat on women in New York and everything like that so I'm, I'm really frustrated by this of why you have to now bring this luggage with you because now it impacts your team. This is what I hate about these individual players bringing this baggage with them. This is just ridiculous. Unbelievably immature acts by a player that, you know, I I, just so immature. I I just so immature. I'm going to go back to a Bo Schembechler, a former great coach for the University of Michigan, the team, the team, the team. And you should see how your actions are going to re- – what he said was that how your actions are going to reflect onto my team. And now you're reflecting this image onto our team of, you know, we well, we have a bunch of cheaters on our teams and we can't keep this baggage of ourselves, you know. We can't be loyal to people. We can't do all this stuff because now this deploy, uh, deplicts this image onto our franchise of now we're playing a player that can't even – you know, he impregnates two women and he doesn't want to deal with the uh, deal with that anymore. I, I feel like that's 
my gonna be my rant, and I just I'm just so frustrated about it. That that's that's all I have for that. Yeah, I like how you brought it up. This isn't the first time either. He's done this before. He waits for the girl he's with to get to the third trimester, which means they're about to have their kid, and then he starts going around and he starts cheating on them. And then, I, of course, it's blown up because it's with a Kardashian. Who, not, not a lot of people know it wasn't the first time because it was with some other girl that wasn't as popular as the Kardashians. But the second time he's done it now, and like you said, it starts affecting your play. So once he gets on the court, is he 100% with basketball? That's the question. Do I don't know think? how it affects his play. He's pretty shit already before. I don't know how it affects yeah. his play. So I I, you, I got you there. And I, like, one more thing I wanted to add. I kind of forgot. Didn't Tristan know what he was signing up for? These are the Kardashians and everything like that. They have their own show, and they're a huge, huge uh, reality show they have. I don't watch it, of course, but um, still. Yeah. This is what you signed up for, Tristan. What would you think was going to happen? You know, you're just going to go away from this. And, you know, th- this is not. Th- this is just not going to go away now. You've just done this to one of the biggest personalities or personality of families that the world ever or America in the world knows because of keeping up with the Kardashian show. You have now just done something so idiotic I, I i can't believe it, it, it just frustrates me to a point i i can't believe it i i just can't believe how this man can live like this yep folks there you have it take down the week with mitch this week is tristan thompson next week we'll have to see what player or what uh personality does some stupid shit but uh mitch any uh your final goodbyes here uh yeah uh, about the <laughs> I, I'm still frustrated, but yeah, I'll I'll try to you know clear up anything you know. I, I'm not saying anything you know. I'm trying trying to take down a player. I'm not saying. I'm just saying my purse or my uh, point of view. I'm you you can yeah. deny my point of view because that's your right. You don't have to agree with me. I, I I'm that's all I'm just saying. You know that you don't have to listen to my opinion. That that's all I'm just saying. That I. That could be in some most of these takedowns of the week. I, I'm not sure. You know that that's just that's just me. Yeah. So that that's kind of my own uh, thing. I'll just add here at the end. So you don't have to listen to the comments. That's just what I think. You know that that's all I have. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning in to episode two of the MFFL podcast. Here uh, I'm Frankie Lippold with my partner Mitch Farnsworth, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.